scripture this morning is uh, Romans 8.28. That's a promise of God. That is not only my favorite verse in the Bible, but it is the scripture that I stand on. In the good times, in the bad times, it's my scripture. And that scripture in the New Living Translation says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. The NIV says God works all things. This NLT says causes everything to work together. So I need to tell you this morning before I begin this teaching that it's important for you to know this verse does not say, this verse does not infer that everything is good. There are some things that have happened to us that will never, ever, 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 ever be good. So I'm not saying on behalf of God or on behalf of our church that everything is good, but that he can work it for the good. Well, you want to know how he can work it for the good? Well, I hope to help you see how he can work it for the good. As was mentioned by one of our pastors, Craig, a couple of weeks ago, when he was teaching on the promises of God, he said for every promise there is something that is required of us. There's something that we have to do. And I believe he may have coined the phrase, I'm not 100% sure, that there are some conditions. The love of God is unconditional. But the promises of God are conditional, which as Craig said, if you want to have the peace of God, the condition has to be that you will come to him. If you don't come to him with those things, there's no opportunity to then have the peace of God. So we have to, Craig said, we have to be in position to receive the promises of God. Therefore, when we are in position, God can make everything work together for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. So that's another condition. As our pastor said when she greeted us, us this morning, if you're not a Christian or you haven't accepted Christ, then you're not in position either. Because then you don't love him. And this scripture is saying that he causes all things to work for the good for those who love him. Now, I'm still in a process of loving Christ. I cannot stand before you this morning and say that I love him 100% with my whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, but every day I'm closer to that. 
I want to love him with my entire and whole being. So we have to be one of those, and then we have to love him. And if you're one of those, and you have accepted him, but you don't have love for him, then let him know about it. God, I've accepted you, and I believe this is good for me, but I don't have love for you. And, and he, can, he can help you, or we can help you. But then another part of that verse is, being called according to his purpose. The NLT Study Bible helped me out with that portion of the scripture being called according to his purpose. And I'll quote, and, and don't think I'm coming in here just opening up a Bible and not doing homework myself, because these are all the notes that I wrote for two to th maybe three weeks, okay? So I didn't just open a study Bible. Thank you, sweetheart. But I wasn't quite sure and was too late to call Chris or text Craig. No, really. So I said, well, let me go to NIT, NLT study Bible. And I quote, it says, situations may or may not be changed but even if situations stay difficult, God guarantees ultimate good results, including maturation of character. And I love the half-brother of Jesus, James says in chapter one, verse one, I like what it says in the NIV version, it says consider it because you don't have to agree with this. So it says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance when it's finished its work will make you mature and complete. But sometimes as Christians, we can be like little children or we can have the little faith or the type of faith that makes us think when everything's going well, that means God loves us and God is good. But when things are difficult and things are hard, God is not good or God doesn't love me. And that couldn't be further from the truth. If he allowed his own son to not only die the most painful death on the cross to show us that suffering is very much a part of what Christ did and of our human condition. But even looking at the life of Jesus, it was not easy. Says he didn't have a place to lay his head. I mean, even his family called him crazy. And definitely the people didn't who didn't believe who he said he was called him Beelzebub, called him a demon. And then you better know when he was on that cross carrying our sins, they said, well, he can't be the son of God because look at him now. Some of them said, get yourself down if you're God. So he suffered. I propose to you this morning to even start 
thinking of pain as a gift. Because when you're in physical pain, or if you have pain in your mouth, your teeth, that's hopefully sends you to the doctor. Hopefully you're not just taking something for it to mask the pain, ibuprofen or Advil or whatever, but you'll go and find out the source of that pain. Even if we're in emotional pain, we're hurting or we're angry or we feel whatever. Don't just take stuff to mask it. Oh, I've been there, done that. I was a drug addict, addicted to crack. And every time that crack wore off, I needed it again because I was back in emotional pain. So God has actually given us pain as a gift so we'll know something's wrong. I traveled many, many years ago in Hawaii and was on, on this boat by the, uh, uh, some memorial for, for what, what's that happened in Hawaii again? Pearl Harbor, and I was a little girl, and I said to one of the people, I said, what's that over there? And he said, a leper island. And I said, what's that? And he explained to me what the leper island was. And do you know why many people die of leprosy? Because they can't feel pain. So pain is a gift. We, we're in uh, um, spiritual, emotional, mental pain, and we want to take something, take something, take something, take something, to, to not feel it? Feel it. Let's deal with it. People, there are some things we can change, but there are some other things that we cannot change, and we have to accept it. But I asked you this morning, are you stuck? Are you ruminating over what happened 15, 25, 30 years ago? And you're bringing that pain from way back then. You, maybe it happened when you're 18 and you're 28. Here you go with that pain. He's 38. He's 48. He's 58. But seriously, some people carry that pain to their grave. But not so. We don't have to. You better let it go. Johnny left you for your girlfriend. Accept it. Let it go. Yes, it did happen, and yes, it hurt. You ever read the book, Great Expectations? I love about Miss Havishaw. Miss Havishaw was getting dressed for her wedding. She had on her veil. She had on her wedding dress, and she was putting one shoe on when she got the news that her, her groom-to-be had changed his mind. And Miss Havishaw lived the rest of her life with that veil, that wedding dress, and that one shoe on. It had gotten, uh, 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 what you call it, tattered, the lace. It, it probably looked like rags. It was no longer white. It was probably yellowing. And she lived the rest of her life from that what we also could call a defining moment. There may have been defining moments in your life, but don't let them continue to have you like Mrs. Havishaw. Craig even talked about in his message 
Well, maybe it wasn't. Maybe I'm, yeah, I don't know. But we can't have the peace of God. Maybe it was just me in the beginning. Again, we can't have the peace of God over some of those things if we don't give it to him. But maybe there are some things in your life that are causing pain and that are very difficult that you just need to ask for help. We're very resourceful. Let's see how we can get help. I don't know about you all, but I'm not going to be down and out without pulling people, asking people, calling people, walking up to people, going into places and find out how can you help me. There needs also for God to work everything for the good. There needs to be reasonable participation on our part. Oh, God can work some things out. And this is my favorite example. We're going to listen to this little bit of song. And this song is called God's Going to Work It Out. And it's an old Baptist, I bet, spiritual. And part of what they say in the song, the problems that I have, I just can't seem to solve. I turned it over to the Lord, and he worked it out. Now, when we turn stuff over to the Lord, it doesn't mean that we just wait for stuff to drop out the sky. There's some reasonable participation. The song goes on to say, how I'm going to pay my rent, all my money spent, baby need a new pair of shoes, got a light bill due, my gas bill too, telephone disconnect. You know how God is going to work that out? I'm going to tell you all right now. Oh, your light's going to get cut off. And the Holy Spirit in his love for you is going to lead you to that one little candle you got. And you're going to walk around that apartment with that one little candle. And you're, gonna ha- you're not going to have to worry about the baby needing a new pair of shoes because you're not going to be able to see the baby. <laughs> oh, you're not going to be able to find the baby. And you're going to say, baby, is that you? Ah, that's the cat. Oh, baby, baby. But in seriousness, now listen to this. And you may get all those other things cut off and possibly lose your home. But listen to this. That can be a reality check. I'm not saying this being callous. I lost it all. Everything had nothing, and that can be called a catastrophe. What is a better wake-up call than a catastrophe? And I didn't have a chance this morning, and I probably forgot last night, to look up the definition again of a catastrophe, but if I remember correctly, a catastrophe is defined as a violent upheaval, but that can also cause fundamental change. So some of you, I would like for you to think right now and go out of here thinking, you might not say it, 
But when someone asks you how you're doing, you think in your head, I'm on my way to fundamental change. Come on, somebody, as Charles would say. God says you're a masterpiece. Julie, I forgot to ask you to put up Ephesians 2.10, and that's okay, but you're a masterpiece. But guess what? You might not feel like a masterpiece. You might not feel very special because of the way you've been treated by other people, and don't you dare think that's how God thinks about you. I've been working with women for over 20 years building their, putting their lives back together. And it can take, even with me, years, years to develop healthy self-esteem. But we can put on Christ-esteem. And when you start reading in the Bible what he says about you, own it. Because he says that you're a masterpiece, brother. So encouraged by the man who wrote the song is well with my soul. He had been through catastrophe after catastrophe, lost most of his lucrative uh, real estate business in a fire. I think in the 1800s, I think. And then his only son died. And then his uh, a great D.L. Moody, a great evangelist, told him, well, why don't you sail the sea with your daughter, daughters and your wife to kind of heal from the tragic loss of, of your son? And, and, he, and he, so he sent his wife and his, his daughters on this, uh, on this ship, and, and they, it was hit by some oil barge or something. I don't know what it was hit by. And uh, all three or four daughters perished. But this man of God was able to write, it is well with my soul. And in closing, perhaps we can stop asking God why something happened and start asking God, how can you work this? How can you help me with this? Because as I was talking with our pastor, or actually listening to our pastor this morning, let me just put this out there, that many, many times, and she didn't exactly say this, but this is what I got from it, that she's aware of, and I'm really aware of, that many, 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 many times people hold God responsible for things that he did not do. He loves you. And he can work things out for the good. I'm one that still reads the daily bread. I've been reading it now for, oh, close to probably 25 years. And this morning, one of the last words uh, of St. Augustine was, in my deepest wound, I saw your glory, and it dazzled me. You can leave out of here and see a cold winter day or you can leave out of here and see a day that you were given that some didn't wake up to get and believe you're in a process of moving on to better and bigger things, okay?
So if you could play that song nice and loud. We're only going to listen to a little. 